Hey, welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around. Snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the pod. My guest today is... Wendy Snyder. Wendy is a mom of two, certified parenting educator and family life coach who inspires parents to learn and grow through connection-based positive parenting strategies. As the host of the Fresh Start Family Show and founder of FreshStartFamilyOnline.com, she helps parents ditch the threats, yelling, and harsh punishments so they can live life as a joyful and confident parent with kids that listen and cooperate great. Families who take part in her learning and coaching programs experience radical shifts in their hearts, minds, and souls that help them to create rock-solid relationships with their kids, while at the same time teaching important life lessons and helping to raise the next generation of leaders, change makers, and important human souls. This is speaking my language, Wendy. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Casey. It is so fun to connect. I feel like this has been a long time coming for you and I to record together and just meet and hang out. So I'm really, really happy to be here today. Totally. It's hard for me not to just refer to you as Fresh Start Wendy. Just like, hey, Fresh Start Wendy. (laughs) That's what I think of. That's what I see on the gram, on the Insta. I know. That is my identity. Can you tell us a little bit, how did you get into the work that you do with parents? Yeah, I'd love to. So I found this work when I was really just kind of in the pits of parenting. I find that the families I help, a lot of times they have a similar story where, you know, you don't realize you need help until you need help. (laughs) So before I had kids, I worked with kids my whole life um, and my whole life. I mean, starting at 13, I was a springboard diving coach, had my own program for many, many years, all the way up till I had kids, essentially. I nannied in college. I just was like, I'm going to be really good with kids. My husband thought the same thing. And then once I had kids, I got blessed with a beautiful, strong-willed little girl from birth. We could feel it, really, like no exaggeration. I had an emergency C-section, absent birth, very, very rare, right? Like was unconscious when she was born. And I really do think that that strong will God gave her has helped her, you know, come into the world, helped her fight for her life. And she just knew she wanted to be here. It kind of is a miracle. We both made it. But you could feel her strong will from the beginning. And it wasn't until about, you know, the toddler years where, you know, the shit really started to hit the fan where I was like, oh, my gosh, this does not feel right. And so we were doing well for a few years, doing OK. And then I had my second. And when he came into the world, both my kids had colic. So 
it was just a rocky start with both of them. I feel like right mm-hmm. out the gate, parenthood was just like, man, this is really tough. They both cried, you know, inconsolably the first four months of their life. No one can explain colic. It's just the most bizarre thing. So when the second baby came, he had colic again. And then the misbehavior really started to ramp up. And that's when I just kind of hit rock bottom and was like, man, I'm miserable. Behind closed doors, I was like, this sucks. I was dreading my days with her. My husband had like an hour commute at the time. So he worked, you know, very long days. And I would just look at him every morning as he left. And I was like, please, I don't know what to do with this little girl. Do you have to leave me? Just was really like stressed Mm -hmm. and became anxious and frustrated all day long with her, irritated. I became a yeller. I became a not so gentle risk grabber. And I just really was honestly perplexed. Like, why in the world is all of these air quotes tactics and strategies that I know so well how to use with kids? Like, why are they not working with my little girl? And thank God I stumbled upon a positive parenting class at her preschool and it was offered for free, which is one of the reasons why I love offering free stuff to help people understand what this work is all about. But it really did just change my life. I walked into that classroom and I realized that I just had so much to learn. And once I started to understand the concepts and the tools and change my mindset about how I saw my little girl, change how I spoke to her, change how I disciplined her, I organically started to change. And then naturally within a few months, we could just see the change in her. She was cooperating easier. We were you know, way more joyful. And I just knew at that time I needed to teach, became an educator, later really became entrenched in the life coaching world. So here at Fresh Start Family, we really have those combined. We have the parenting strategies and the techniques, which are just fantastic. And then combined with the life coaching stuff, which is like, what is underneath of those mm-hmm. moments when you're so triggered and you just feel like you can't, right? You can't be gentle. You can't be calm. So we do a lot of that stuff. And um, now I get to help families all over the world with Fresh Start Family through um, my membership program. It's called the Fresh Start Experience and through our podcast, the Fresh Start Family Show. And it's just an honor to be here. Stella's now almost 16. Her little brother who was born in, you know, with this work, never knew anything differently, is almost 13. And everyone's thriving. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing great. And I have a relationship of my dreams with my kids, right? Which is very different than what I had with my family. So it's just, it's an honor to be here and the whole thing is wild and wonderful. And here I am. (laughs) Yeah, I love that story. And there's so many details that I share in my story as well, especially like I was a school teacher prior to having kids and camp counselor and daycare person. And yeah, and like, this is going to be easy. And that movement from one to two, that was my breaking point as well. We didn't have colic, but I had read about the mama bear tendency to push away the older child. And I was like, I would never do that. Never. She's in the sling. She's on my hip. She's like a part of me. And man, it came on so strong. And yeah, seeing ourselves respond to our babies, like being outside of ourselves, watching the reactive response that can show up when we're overwhelmed and sleep deprived and desperate. It's a powerful push towards change, right? It can be a really powerful push towards change. I just always am so grateful that in that early year overwhelm, and I'm hearing you too, I'm so grateful for the awareness of there's got to be a different way of doing this. Like there's got to be more for me to learn versus sitting inside of it and just kind of writing that reactive, I call it the emotional freight train. And I celebrate that with my clients, as I'm sure you do too. And it's simply being aware of like, this is not working. (laughs) This is not 
helpful. This is not okay. And what can I do taking the ownership on ourselves? You know, I love that combo. I do the same kind of work, that combo of, yeah, there's the parenting strategies and the tools. And there's the life coaching around getting your shit together so that you can access these tools in a way that's really organic and authentic. Because it's not like a box of manipulation. It's interpersonal relationship. Exactly. How to be with our people. Yeah. So good. So good. You know, you really focus on raising those strong-willed kids with integrity. Talk a little bit about what does that mean yeah. to you, raising them with integrity. Yeah. So when I think of integrity, I think of like just kind of how we were designed to be, right? Like I think about like patient, calm, loving, empathetic, firm, for sure. Like we're designed, mm-hmm. I believe, to like stand tall for our boundaries and our values and all that good stuff. Loving, like you know, that kind of stuff, like that's who we are at our core. And I think a lot of us in life has a tendency to just, it's like an artichoke, right? Or an onion, like you just kind of get these layers that add up over time. And it's like, when I talk about personal development work, I like to like rephrase it as personal liberation work, because really like, Mm, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're releasing all this stuff that was like, never yours. When I became a yeller, it was like, that's not who I am. And it took me eight years (laughs) to stop yelling, but it feels damn good now to really not have that be my knee-jerk reaction. When I look at that, it's like, okay, well, once you realize like, okay, you have a little human being that is wired differently than other human beings. And that's why I love having my two, because I think God gave me them totally different for a reason where I get to, when I teach, it's not just theory. It's like, no, I see the difference. Like my little girl, it's just she comes out of her skin when she doesn't have power, right? Like when she doesn't have an opportunity to have some sense of power, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with that. She really just comes out of her skin. She really has trouble thriving in life. So for me, it's like I love to help families understand that here's how these kids are wired. Here's what they look like. Here's how they present. Here's how they often operate. Nothing's wrong with them. They're not broken. And we get to learn how to build up our toolkit so we can respond to these challenges that they present all day long in a way where we're going to actually influence them to want to cooperate and listen because they want to, not because they have to. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as these kids feel pressured, as soon as they feel like someone's making them, like there's external controls present, which is traditional parenting, right? Like hand-me-down parenting tactics is all based in external controls. That can work for a little bit, like in the short term, it'll often like, especially if you find a creepy teacher who will teach you really well how to use external controls or spank in the right way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it might work in the short term, but oftentimes those kids, they will not like long-term be influenced by that because it's not of integrity. It's overpowering. It's like, as long as there's a power dynamic where it's like, I'm bigger, I have more money, I can scare you, I can intimidate you, I can mess with your mind, like, because I've been here for a few decades, like that power has to be present and it's just doesn't work long term. So that is not of integrity, but, you know, the tools that you can learn where they're based on relationship, they're based on connection, they're based on firm kindness, which is Mm -hmm. really like, you know, creating boundaries, creating rules, helping your children understand why you have such a strong stance on them, and then following through with consistency, even if your child doesn't like it at times. And just doing that with connection and kindness is the ticket. So 
That is kind yeah. of what I think of when I think of responding to them with integrity, because they, in my opinion, are our greatest teachers. All kids are our greatest teachers, I think. But really, the strong-willed ones, I mean, they will give you so many opportunities. It's like the concept of you don't really know what flavor a tea bag is until you dip it in boiling water. And these kids, mm -hmm. they give us the opportunity, like, who are we at our core? And who are yeah. we going to live our life as? And uh, if you accept the invitation, these kids will refine you in the most beautiful way. And I mean, I know I wouldn't be who I am today without yeah. Stella. And I'm like, I'm pretty damn proud of myself of how much I've learned and grown and healed and shed. And it's just awesome. But it's all because of Stella. You know, it's all because mm -hmm. she invited me to stop doing that stuff that I was doing all those years ago and learn a different way to like actually influence a human being to do or cooperate or respect mm -hmm. my authority in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I think so many things, right? Mm -hmm. Like the first one I want to say, I love the word integrity. I really appreciate that. I think in positive discipline, we talk about everybody being deserving of dignity and respect, right? Yeah. And when I think about dignity and I think about, I love that you said hand-me-down, the hand-me-down parenting tactics, you know, there was a lot of dignity double bind that would show up where, you know, we put kids and I see it, I still see it, where we put kids in the position of either the parent is in that controlling, top-down, power-over mindset, which leaves our kids in a place of either I'm going to hold on to my dignity, which is going to look like defiance to you. And you're going to be pissed about it. Or I have to let go of my dignity and submit to the power over dynamic that's being thrown in front of me. And I don't think, you know, either of those, those are like shitty choices. Yeah. Right. And so that dignity double bind becomes really real, especially as we move into the teen years. Right. Yeah. I love thinking about, and I do think about our kids as our teachers. And I think every single person that's listening, if you have more than one kid, you know, there is the one, however it looks, whether it's a strong-willed kid or a defiant kid or, you know, a kid that has some kind of extra, yeah. whatever that extra is, I absolutely believe cosmically there is a soul agreement that we have yeah. where it's, I'm here to grow you up just as you're here to create an environment where I can thrive. And that's what I'm, you know, when you talk about integrity and you talk about showing up for those strong-willed kids, you know, I love that there is such a movement in our generation to really pay attention to environment versus how can we like mold these kids to fit into the space that we think they should fit into. Instead, it's how can we create an environment that fits the kids so that they can be who they need to be and really feel that, you know, like you said, that sense of power. We want them to feel a sense of power. I've been having conversations, you know, it's so interesting to me when parents are like, well, we can't let them think that they can just run amok or we yeah. can't let them think that they can just do what they want or say what they want. And it's like, what are you talking about? They can. Yeah. Like that's reality. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. 
<laughs> well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. But that power over, like, we got to show them is not useful. And I'm hearing you use the word influence, and I'm hearing you use the word relationship and invitation. And that's really the beautiful place. You know, that's the environment that invites collaboration and cooperation is when we can recognize, hey, you do have the power and control over yourself. And let's take a look together. What do you want to do with that? What feels good to you to do with that? And how can you be in powerful contribution in our shared space and in our shared relationships so that it feels good to everybody? Bingo. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're like, yeah. Speaking the same language. And the bending, like the bending that you think is like, oh, if I bend the environment to be, it's like, it's amazing what it does when you learn to like let go a little bit and realize that there's always a silver lining. Like there's something that's going to teach you when you let go of like, this is the way it has to be. And in my experience, so many of us who have strong-willed kids, like the apple doesn't fall far. So (laughs) like my story is that what Stella was learning for all those years and still is like to this day, it's still, that's just the way I like to do parenting is whatever she is learning. I'm like mirror, 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 mirror on the wall. It's probably what I'm learning too. 
And it has been like that our whole relationship, but we are like so tightly knit in what we are learning where my son and daddy are more tightly knit with what they are learning and working through. But it's very fascinating because the skill sets she's learning, I am learning. And there is an opportunity to teach her. It is an opportunity to look at myself and teach myself. And that is where I find the most power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got so many stories, especially a big one lately that showed up with her as a teenager now. And it's just mind blowing when you like, I mean, submit's a dumb word for those of us who are strong-willed because we're just like, we can't even hear the word without bubbling up. But when you like relax a little around letting someone else lead you a little bit almost, Mm -hmm. and even if they're three, it's amazing how it's just life will take you in really beautiful directions when you learn to just let go a little bit and yes, still be the leader. Like we are always going to be the firm, kind leaders of our home, but that molding of the environment and looking at like, how can I tweak this a little bit? It just does wonders for the parents too, if you are able to have your arms and hands open in the experience. What's been something that's been surprising as you've moved through these mid-teen years? Mm, Surprising. Well, I mean, I was praying that, (laughs) I was like, man, we're gonna do this different And, you know, we're doing it different. So we're going to have the kid who's going to be able to completely not experiment with like drugs, alcohol at all. And we didn't Uh quite get that. So that was a little bit of a surprise. I was like, oh, dang it. Um, She is experimenting. And I've done a whole podcast on this. But it actually, just like I said, turned out to be the most beautiful, like transformative experience for us. Because basically, when we looked at it, we're here in Southern California. And it's wild. Like, So I'm 46. So it's been like 30 years, right? And so when my husband and I grew up, we've been together since I was 17. We started partying and like engaging in this risky behavior at like 14, right? It's no different. Like, you know, she was 15 at the time. But it just always seems worse when you're a parent and you're watching it and you're like, oh my gosh, all the kids are dabbling in this stuff and it's scary and my kid's going to be different, right? And then you also step back and you're like, okay, this is very common, right? Like we can address this with creativity and connection and work on this. And what we learned from that is that the life skill that was missing was the ability to like fit in and have fun in life and process through all the emotions of life without needing something to numb you or make you fit in, right? Like that's kind of the missing life skill that kids Mm -hmm. start to dabble in that we, when we had a hard Mm -hmm. day with our parents or school or whatever, I mean... We started going to keg parties when we were 15. And by the time we were in college, like that was how you did life. Like if you had a big week, like it was you keg partied on Friday, Saturday, and then all the way up till Sunday night at 8 p.m., right? So long story short is it did surprise me a little bit because I thought we were so set up for her just to be really different. She's like the strong-willed kid who's really good at being like, no, I stand on my own two feet. But when she did, when we realized she was dabbling a little bit, I took a hard look and realized I was missing that life skill. And I had never been able to develop it because I started drinking so young, partying so young. And so I guess it's been like seven months now, I completely stopped drinking and I feel like a million bucks. And Mm. now I'm sharing the experience with her. I'm sharing like those few months that especially I went through the like uncomfortableness where, you know, it sure seems like all my girlfriends, like on Friday night, if we get together, that's all about wine, right? Like I moved through it of like, how do you hang out in a public social environment and also like not be feeling like you have to put toxins in your body. And it's just been fantastic. It's probably been one of the biggest seasons of growth I've ever had in my life. And I'm so happy and I feel great. And so that all came from 
like a little bit yeah. of a surprise of like, darn it, we were sure hoping we were going to like escape all of it because I'm the positive parenting educator and we've focused on relationship and blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. about that, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I so know about that. You have to have Casey Davidson from Hello Someday on your show because okay. her whole podcast is moms who are sober, sober curious and the whole nice. okay. sobriety movement. It's awesome. She's been on my show too. I love that. I mean, I think that's why we talked before I hit record that I've niched into the teen years because I really thought coming into the teen years, like we're probably not going to have the same kind of challenges because, you know, it's been imperfect, but I've been pretty consistent with this positive discipline work. And man, there is no circumnavigating teen brain development and novelty seeking is a big component of what's happening in the teen brain. Yeah, And I love... I love that you focused on what are the missing skills. Yeah. You know, in positive discipline, we talk about belief behind behavior or mistaken goals of behavior. And I think that's such a big miss for parents, especially when their kids start experimenting because we get so scared about the experimenting. We want to shut that down. Yeah. And for many of us, we forget how wild and crazy we were and we turned out okay. Or maybe Or not. still are. I still was at 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really admire that. I think that that is such great modeling for your daughter as well. And yes, when we stop drinking, it's appalling how normalized and expected drinking culture is. I've had long periods of sobriety as well. I'm not a big drinker, but I am a drinker sometimes. Yeah. And to see, like even watching TV and recognizing, damn, Two out of the three commercials were for alcohol. Yeah. You know, like the expectation. Anyway, that's a whole side. I know. We could riff on it, right? It Bottomless is a trip. Pit. It's no wonder it they start so at 14. Weird. It's no wonder. Yeah. It's no wonder. And now with weed being legal, I mean, you're in California, I'm in Washington, and that normalization is a whole nother thing. And it is not the sexy mexi that right. <laughs> I was smoking in college. It is like a real whole different element anyway. Yeah. Love, love that. Thank you for sharing that learning with us. But yes, so looking for that missing skill, you know, I think it was something that I have talked about on the podcast as well is that harm reduction piece and talking about, so what does it look like when you're with a group of buddies and they pull out a joint? What are the questions you should be asking yourself? Right. You know, and how are you assessing the situation to decide to make the choice, whichever way you go? Yeah. What are the back pocket one-liners? And I'm always telling my kids, like, use me. I got to hang out with my mom later. I can't get stoned. Yeah. She sniffs me out every time. Or sports. Sports is a great sports. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, yep, I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And I want to highlight for listeners as I'm sure you have people that listen to your show too, the yeah buts, right? Listening to us banter about this and recognizing you and I have done a lot of work to have a relationship where our kids will come to us and say, yeah, I've been trying this out. I've been experimenting and are willing to hear us out when we have questions or concerns. So let's circle back around and talk a little bit about relationship and nurturing yeah. relationship because the other piece of adolescence is individuation and is pulling away and moving towards peers over family. Doesn't mean either or. I think it can be a both and. How do you support parents who find themselves in a dynamic with their teens or tweens where the relationship is really suffering 
what are your favorite starter steps for parents to start to mend and nurture relationship with their older kids? Yeah. Well, I think just getting clarity on what we may be doing that's hindering the relationship, right? Like all of us educators, we're going to always start with the parent, even though when parents first find us, right? They're like, let's start with the kid. It's like, oh, darn it. We're going to start with you. Actually, yeah. (laughs) But I think it's so empowering. Like once you get clarity on what you may be saying, doing, and thinking, that are causing your child to pull away from you, right? And a lot of us are just blind to it before we realize because it's so normalized, right? Like that's just what you do. If you find out your kid has done something, then you correct them and you ground them. And, you know, that's what good parents do. Otherwise, you're permissive. And it's not till a parent understands that there are different ways to handle things and that by doing A, B, and C, that you may actually be creating this divide in the relationship where then all of a sudden, your child does not trust you. They do not feel safe to share things with you, especially mistakes. And so when a parent comes to the table and is like, okay, cool, I'm ready to look at it. I'm not going to beat myself up. I just Mm -hmm. want some clarity on what could be happening. And then oftentimes we'll discover that there usually is punishment present of some sort. Even if there's not punishment, there's shaming or tones of like disappointment. So that is kind of like what I see parents, even if they stop punishing which I teach parents how to move to compassionate discipline, right? Like just like you teach positive discipline, they'll kind of sometimes if they quit the work or stop consistent, they'll land on like, well, they're still going to express disappointment or shame. Like it's this level of shame, right? Or just like yelling. I mean, granted, trust me, again, it took me eight years to stop yelling. I know that it's a journey, but yelling is something that will severely disconnect you from your kids. And anytime there's intimidation or unsafeness happening, threats, right? Like because we hold the power, we hold the bank accounts. You know, there are plenty of people who have told me they got the belt until they were 18 years old. Just the other day on Southwest, I was so freaking annoyed. The flight attendant joked that he was going to get the belt out on us, those of us who had unlocked our seatbelts when we landed, which was me, of course, because I'm the button pusher. And I was like about to punch him. I'm like, no, do not make a joke like that on a Southwest flight. But anything that's like threatening based, it becomes like, especially to a strong-willed kid who has the desire to feel powerful that is so strong, it hurts. It hurts when someone has power over you and they have these techniques, so to speak, to like make you do what they want. It's just so relationship destroying. And then you end up with a kid that doesn't want to listen to your mentorship. They don't want to respect you because they don't respect you. So then, you know, it's like a cycle, right? You end up having to double down more and become better at taking away things. Or up the ante, right? Up the ante. Like how far are you willing? Like that's what I've asked parents for a long time. Like, well, here's the situation you're in now. How far are you willing to go? Right. Yes. Yeah. No, Stella has a friend. Man, it's painful to watch, right? But, um, you know, just punishment after punishment and nothing's working to make this kid stop smoking weed and party till the point of passing out at 15. But the other week, they took all of her furniture out of her room and her door off. Furniture. I was like, what? (laughs) But hey, look, we're talking about some of the don't do's, right? But when you talk about some like go-to's, so what's going to build relationship is like starting to see that mistakes are opportunities to learn. Oh, yeah, girl. And when you are a human being and you're in the presence of another human being who looks at you and says, 
you're okay. You still belong here. And we're going to work through this. I'm not okay with whatever, right? And I'm going to teach you the life skill that you're missing. You are safe here. I had very similar experiences when I was young. You're not an alien. I get you. I get why you would want to do this. This is probably the reason why you did it. Then then enters in all the psychology, right? The need to feel powerful, the need to belong, the need to feel loved, all this kind of stuff. Like this makes sense why you would do that, right? Like that builds trust. That builds like someone wanting to share with you and ask you, what should I do, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And then just knowing that, yes, there's going to be firm boundaries. Firm boundaries can absolutely build a relationship. There have been so many times where my little girl who... You know, in the time of the firm boundary, she wasn't allowed to have an iPhone till high school. There were times in the moment where she hated it, of course, right? Like so many tearful conversations because 99% of kids have iPhones from a very young age. So it was a very firm boundary. But there was later times where she'd just be in the element and she'd be like, mom, oh my gosh, I totally see why you have such a strong boundary. And I'm so happy that I've been able to develop the skill set to be able to ride in a car without like having to be glued to this. Or there was a time where she watched a rated R movie and she wasn't allowed to. She came home, she spilled the beans, was crying. She watched Bird Box. Oh God, that was so good. I know. I love that movie. She was terrified. And she had lied to That's her best friend's scary. parents and said she had seen it. And then she saw it and she came home. She was a bucket of tears. She's like, I'm so sorry, mom. 
so totally see why you have these firm boundaries against our movies. And I get it. And it makes so much sense. So it's like, you know, it's another way to build relationship is to like really show up for your kids. Like, hey, you know what? We are going to have the meeting about the helmets that you're going to wear in Southern California. The e-bike thing is crazy. We just lost a kid last week, a mile away. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy down there. So I want to pause you really quick because I love this. I love, I thank you for giving examples because I think us parent educators, we're really good about talking about firm boundaries. Yeah. You know, and talking about, you know, we don't do punishments. We don't do that. We have firm boundaries. And I feel like there's a lot of wobble for parents that can't quite, like, what does that mean? Like with the helmet thing. So what does it look like to have firm boundaries around, you will wear a helmet if you're riding an e-bike. And then lo and behold, you find out they're not actually wearing a helmet. So what does the response look like for you and your family? Let me give you a real life example, slightly different, but similar. So because it it all relates to how when Stella's out in the world, she really does. I'm 99.9% sure, like really highly respect the value that we have that the street safety and the helmets where I would Mm -hmm. say 90% of her friends do not. Helmets unbuckled, no helmets. It is like the wild, wild west out there. I'm like, I've been down there. It's like biker gangs of teenagers. It's wild. My family lives in Newport. And so when I'm down there, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but to give you an example of how this worked really well. So she was in a band a few years ago. She's a drummer and she started to have pizza before band with her friends. And so I dropped her off one night. It was like right across the street, but it was this very, very busy, dangerous intersection where I know, right? We know because we're decades older that you literally could get hit and killed on that intersection if you just do the shortcut and don't go to the crosswalk. Jaywalk, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. I'm happy to drop you off and we need to make an agreement. This is such a big deal to me. Like, here's the danger. All I just want you to walk that tiny distance up to the little crosswalk there by the Mexican shop, Mexican food shop, and then go to band. She was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, peer pressure comes in and I went to the side just because I had this feeling, right? We have this awesome mama spidey sense. And I was like, I think this might not work out. (laughs) And so I pulled to the side where she couldn't see me and she had her pizza and she did that shortcut right with her kids. And, you know, the traditional way would be like, you pull right up, you embarrass the hell out of them. You know, there's parents who like would make their parent kid hold a sign. I chose to disrespect my mom. She, I could, you know, would have taken away her. She had a little true me device at the time, a little cell phone, an iPad at home not able to blah, blah, blah. Lots of punishment could have gone down very easily. I could have yelled at her, shamed her. What's wrong with you? I won't let you get away with this. You entitled, whatever. Instead, I came home and I was like, but then when I got her that night, I was like, okay, we need to have a conversation. And here's what I saw happen. Explained to her that why the rule was so important. And it ended up turning into like a very tearful conversation around how air quotes, tough it is to be in a family that is so different, like that has essentially these high rules where all these other families, like their parents aren't breathing down their neck, right? And so we got to have this really beautiful conversation, again, about the phone, about the safety that we're so serious about. And it was just very connecting, but it was lengthy. And Mm -hmm. the next night I was actually teaching on a stage and I remember coming home and she had gone to bed and Terry said, Stella left you a note. And back up to the conversation, I said, okay, well, I get it. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a redo, which is one of the compassionate discipline techniques I teach parents. And it's like, we're going to do the redo. And I'm happy to let you try again. But this time, you're going to pave a new imprint in your brain 
And you are going to just follow through this time and practice saying to your friends, hey, guys, I'm just going to go up there. My mom's super firm about me crossing at the whatever. And then you're going to do that moving forward and you're going to move through it and you're going to feel like it might be awkward in the moment. But then once you do it, a lot of times your friends will be like, okay, cool, no worries. Or you do it, they do it separately and you get to band. And then five minutes later, everyone's forgotten about it. Like it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. You're going to practice being a different kind of kid that doesn't make it a big deal. You're not going to, you know, like all the things we worked on, we coached on and we said, okay, next time we go, we're going to do that, which we did. But that second night I came home and she had left this note on my counter and it said, mama, thank you so much for teaching me (laughs) how to take care of myself. And I mean, I have the note saved, but it's like, she goes on to say like, it means so much to me, how much you teach me and thank you for forgiving me for this. And she went on to say like something like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. That was that. And then the next week we go back, I drop her off. I go in the back area. I don't think I even told her, like, I'm going to go sit in the parking lot and watch you. But she did it. She did it fine. Right. And so that was like leaving a new imprint, teaching the life skill of like, how do you be different? Like, that is a big life skill for teenagers. Yeah. It's freaking hard. And then. So hard. Yeah. About six months later, she was on her e-bike at the corner and Terry was driving our little guy to school and he swears she did not see me, Wendy. And all the other kids on the e-bikes went straight through the red light like you know it was like as they do do. god and he watched stella and she sat there and she looked at them and she looked at the crosswalk for a minute and she just stayed put and she waited the three minutes until the light turned green Mm -hmm. and then she went and that was not being watched right and that was an example of the life skill of everyone else is going doesn't have the helmets buckled but i'm gonna hang back and also have confidence that I'm not some loser kid, like who's like the goody right. two shoes, but no, like this is important. I'm going to stay alive today. That's so sweet. Thank you for your yeah. emotional moment too. I love that. And it just makes me think about, so mine's 20, mm-hmm. right? And we've had a lot of years of angst and, you know, that consistency, how we show up, You know, there was a lot of time where I didn't really get to offer my opinion. (laughs) Well, you know, the most useful thing to do would be to ask permission. Do you want to hear what I have to say? Sometimes with full permission for her to be like, nope. Okay, great. And now at 20, the way that she asks me what I think and really sits with it is like worth all those days, all those days. And that feedback of thank you and I want to be like you just warms my heart. And what I'm hearing too is the beauty of relationship means that instead of our kids, you know, energetically giving us the middle finger and making choices because we've told them not to, you know, blanket statements, what I'm hearing you talk about is really supporting our kids and thinking for themselves. Yes. And that's what we want. Yeah. And like, sometimes they're thinking for themselves when they are saying okay to the mischief, right? right? But even inside of that, we get to ask them like, so how did that work out for you? What did you notice? What are you planning on doing next time? How could that have worked out? You know, because a lot of times the risk taking doesn't necessarily end up, you know, as the worst case scenario or even a poor case scenario. Sometimes it's like, man, I had fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. fine. You know, I love that question. How could it have? 
how could it have worked out? And what are you doing to keep yourself safe? What does safety look like? What is, you know, we, especially with our girls and with our boys, actually, I'm scratch, especially consent, you know, consent is huge. And I just had this conversation with my son, you know, with some experimenting and reminding him and asking him, well, what did you learn the last time? Oh, I learned that I'm not a great decision maker when I do that. Okay, great. So how are you going to take that into this party that you're planning on going to tomorrow night? Can you imagine if we had that? Oh my God. Yeah. I was a binge drinking one night stander. Everyone was, right? (laughs) I mean, if I had had somebody to process the choices that I was making in a really non-judgmental way, there would be so many fewer regrets that I would have that I would be holding. I mean, I've let go of them. I'm not like, I go to therapy. It's fine. But- Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, so, so good. I mean, I have a hundred questions that I didn't even get to with you, Wendy. So we're going to have to part two this for sure. We'll get you on our show too. You'll come on. We're going to have like part two on the Fresh Art Family show. It's going to be so good. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. And I just, I really admire and respect your style and how you're modeling the work for all of us and the parents that you serve. And I'm so glad that we've connected. Thank you so much for your work. Oh, me too. I feel the same way, Casey. And so thank you. You were, I was telling my podcast manager, Amy, she's one of my head coaches in my program too, but she was what was a founding member. And we were talking about how you and Hunter Clark Fields, who was just on our show this last week. Oh, I love Hunter. You were like the two that we found very, very early. And for me, especially like, you know, we were looking at our Instagram DMs and it was like all the way back, like you were just one of the first people that I had met that was also a parenting coach and educator. So I've been admiring you for years and I am too really glad we got to connect. This has been awesome. So I end my show with a question that I ask everybody, which is what does joyful courage mean to you? Fresh start, Wendy. Joyful courage means to me being able to find joy in standing on your own two feet when it's different than how you were raised and everyone around you might be functioning in a certain way, like really finding joy in the journey on how to do that and really live a life that's true to you, that feels authentic to you, finding joy in that, right? And to have the courage to work through all the levels of scared that show up when you're breaking generational cycles and habits and putting down hand-me-down parenting tactics and learning new ones. Like it just takes so much courage to keep going and to find joy in that journey is like, boom, that's the dream. Mm, Love it. Remind people where they can find you and follow your work. Yes. So Instagram, I'm at Fresh Start Wendy. I do quite a bit of free teaching over there. It's a great place to get to know me. Our show is the Fresh Start Family Show. Find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Website is freshstartfamilyonline.com. And that is where you can hop into our quick start learning bundle, which is how to raise strong-willed kids with integrity without losing your mind. We'll get you a free learning guide and an invitation to a free class that we offer that I teach. So that's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash power struggles class. And then last thing is we have a teeny tiny little program that's like entry level. If you want to learn our four-step firm and kind process called firmandkindparentingblueprint.com. Lovely. And I will make sure all those links are in the show notes so people can find you. Thank you so much again. This is super fun. And I can't wait till we can connect again. Thank you, Casey. 
Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.